Chapter Five of East by West: A Journey in the Recess, Volume Two, by Henry W. Lucy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Temples and Worshippers. The many gods whose shrines and temples stand thickly in all the towns of Japan have grown into the condition of deity almost under the eyes of the people they have been for the most part military heroes or prominent ministers under successive sovereigns had the duke of wellington lived in japan he would by this time have been a god with his shrines and temples his many priests and the rin reigning throughout the day into his gridironed money-box so would lord nelson so would the first duke of marlborough and lord randolph churchill instead of busying himself with politics might have been abbot of the principal family shrine it was thus that mitizane came to be a deity and to have his temple at kyoto and elsewhere mitizane was third minister of state to the mikado towards the end of the ninth century his rapid advance and his personal influence exciting the jealousy of a colleague named tokikira finally led to his degradation and banishment he died in exile and was buried by the roadside as his body was being carried to the cemetery in a bullock car the animal stopped and since it could not by any means be induced to go farther the disgraced minister was buried on the spot there does not seem anything very extraordinary in this incident the reasonable conclusion would appear to be that the bullock was tired perhaps having been out on a job earlier in the day but combined with other portents the mikado troubled in his conscience saw in this a heavenly sign he withdrew the decree of banishment conferred his former earthly rank upon the dead man and without more to do made a god of him the bull which played so prominent a part in establishing mitizane's posthumous career is largely represented in his temple at kyoto amongst other models there are two one in black marble and the other a curious speckled red these bulls and all others in and about the temple are covered with pellets of chewed paper cast at them by devotees a man or woman in doubt as to some particular course contemplated comes here chews a bit of paper makes a pellet of it and standing at some distance throws it at the bull deciding according to the spot on which the pellet sticks something akin to this pagan habit is found in england where a man halting between two courses determines them by tossing up a halfpenny on the left as the temple is approached there is a curious picture-gallery with more bulls and other objects marvellously painted these are also covered with pellets of chewed paper i was much struck with one painting representing two men in scanty clothing holding by a halter a lively bay horse their astonishment at discovering that the horse has a sky-blue eye is very graphically delineated curious-looking animals understood to be tigers are carved in great numbers wherever they are within reach they have pieces of paper string tied round their forelegs just above the heel which gives them the appearance of tigers with their garters slipping down 
the temple itself is like an old curiosity shop full of mirrors and lanterns at the upper step close by a large cloth covered with rin an old man knelt in prayer he was terribly in earnest clapping his hands to arrest the attention of the god wringing them with gestures of piteous entreaty and pleading in broken voice for blessing or forgiveness at the foot of the steps were half a dozen men and women also engaged in prayer but none had the earnestness of this old man who neither saw nor heard anything around him the temple of Riomidsudera, like that at asaksa is approached through an avenue crowded with little shops and penny shows which give it the appearance of a fair it was a fete day when we visited it and the dense crowd was always passing up or down in the porch of the temple amongst other votive offerings was a large lock of greasy black hair tied with string to a wooden frame this ito explained was the offering of a man who had probably been too much given to drink he had come there taking a vow to abstain and in token thereof had cut off his hair and hung it up another votive offering was a vivid picture of an explosion on a steamship with full account of the catastrophe and of the providential escape of the pious votary in a little recess close by the altar three priests were driving a flourishing trade in the sale of charms for a penny i bought two one warranted to hold me scatheless against thunder and the other securing for me general good fortune before the altar were seated a row of worshippers repeating the name of buddha at the rate of sixty times a minute and marking off the tallies with beads on a string one man a skilled practitioner must have repeated the word a thousand times whilst we looked on working his hands about the while with equal expenditure of energy he might in the same time have knit the foot of a pair of stockings or mended his clothes or done some other useful work to one of the pillars before the altar was attached a wooden box in which were copies of buddhist scriptures worshippers coming in unprovided took up one of these little books said their prayers returned the book to the box and went their way at the other side of the altar was a large open trunk with innumerable bits of bamboo in it having writing upon them i saw people as they passed throw in a bit of stick ito explained that this is one of the most honourable customs of the church if a man has at heart any special desire he will go to the temple carrying with him as many bits of bamboo as he numbers years on each he writes his name age and the object of his desire then he makes the circuit of the temple as many times as he has lived years praying before every shrine and as he passes the wooden trunk he throws in one of the pieces of bamboo for instance ito says if i wanted to get back my watch which i lost when the boat upset in yokaitsi bay the other day i would get twenty-one pieces of bamboo and go round twenty-one times but i wouldn't do it he added with stern resolve ito is shinto and looks with contempt upon the superstitions of the buddhists yet he is full of charity his mother 
leaning towards the ancient face ito makes no effort to proselytize he even allows the old lady a fixed sum of money per week so that relieved from domestic cares she may spend the whole of her days in worship and she does ito says in a tone of resignation goes out early in the morning comes home when the temple is shut up praying all the day this is a common custom among the old people of the buddhist faith having closed their account with life they devote their remaining days be they few or many to propitiating buddha wearying him with incessant prayer for admittance into the heavenly state we saw many of these people in the temple two a neat old lady and a still vigorous old man were noticeable for the business-like way in which they set about their task they had taken possession of one of the little chapels that abound in the temple a small alcove with a shrine crowded with gods and filled up with little trays bearing food each labelled with the name of the donor both man and woman were on their knees and each had a tiny wooden hammer with which they incessantly struck a small gong the old man with the selfishness of his sex had in addition possessed himself of a large bronze bell from time to time he struck this its sonorous notes drowning the sound of the woman's gong and fixing the attention of buddha exclusively upon him all the while both man and woman rapidly prayed the old gentleman occasionally breaking forth in song with most comical effect like ito's mother they had come here in the early morning and evidently meant to stay till the place was closed on a cloth before the shrine was a handful of copper coins doubtless a joint offering of the worthy couple judiciously distributed a threepenny bit will go a long way in this kind of expenditure and a day so spent need not be costly in one of the booths on the way up we saw a string of legal currency which was change for a halfpenny there were probably fifty metal coins on the string which are thus prepared for the use of the charitable and ultimately find their way to the pockets of the beggars who in this part of the island swarm about the temples a few paces farther on right opposite a large shrine was a pleasant tea-house overlooking the valley here women were sitting on the matted floor gossiping over thimblefuls of tea from this place we got a striking view of the structure of the temple which is built into the side of the hill the outer walls being supported on large wooden piles between the tea-house and the alcove where the old people prayed and hammered away at the gong a panel drawn back disclosed three women sitting over a hibaitzi smoking pipes next door was another little chapel with two old women and one young one beating gongs and saying their prayers situated at the southern side of the city is nishi huguanji the chief temple of the western branch of this sect of buddhism the present building is nearly three hundred years old and is a splendid specimen of the architecture of the time unlike the gaudy temples at nikko the wood and stonework are left in their natural colour which centuries have toned down to a soft grey a feature peculiar to the temple is the extensive suite of state apartments 
in these the priests receive distinguished guests from the mikado downwards the largest room has its panels decorated with paintings of storks by famous artists there are also some wonderful specimens of carved storks about the woodwork the various rooms which in addition to being connected by a long corridor open into each other by sliding panels are each decorated with a special design one chrysanthemums another peacocks and cherry trees a third with marvellous chinese landscapes on a dead gold ground outside the temple is a gateway which formerly belonged to a shinto temple but as frequently happens with sections of temple buildings in japan it was transported hither there is much carving on this gateway the figure on one of the panels telling a pretty story Kiyo-yo, having had a proposal modestly made to him that he should resign the throne is here figured in the act of washing the ear that has suffered the indignity of receiving the proposal so great is the insult that nothing less than a waterfall will serve the cleansing purpose the artist accordingly puts in the waterfall pretty thick but eastern fancy does not stop here a little farther on are the figures of a man and a cow the latter drinking from a pool below the waterfall the man owns the cow and he is glaring upon kiyo-yo for thus polluting the water which his cow was drinking he cannot contain his rage at the thought that his cow should even after a waterfall drink from a stream tainted with such a proposal i do not know anything in western literature or art that can go beyond this in expressing contempt the japanese painters do not fall short of the artists in wood in reproducing water effects one of these state apartments is known as the wave room the walls are covered with paintings of desperate seas looking at first sight like agglomerations of logs rounded at the head and bulging out in the middle on the ceiling in every panel there is a freely drawn object which i thought was meant to represent large shells of a species unknown in great britain these are however waves and it is the glory of the artist that though there are over a hundred each one is turned a different way a terrible sight for ito who has not yet got over his experiences by sea the temple itself like all belonging to this particular sect is very plain this characteristic being so marked that it might almost be taken for a shinto temple it was close upon four o'clock when we arrived and at the stroke of the hour a priest appeared and drew the gilt shutters across the altar with the punctuality that marks the movements of the british workmen at the dinner hour he shut out from further devotion for the day a young man who conscious of being late had been vigorously praying there were three shrines and as one was closed by the business-like priest the young man hopped off to the other when the last panel of the last shrine was closed he skipped across the matted floor to the open door where he had left his clogs we passed on to the amida do and there before the yet open shrine knelt the industrious young man close by this temple is a pavilion named in the japanese language after the flying clouds 
this was to me one of the most interesting buildings in kyoto for here more than two hundred years ago lived in the flesh hideyoshi an able and valiant japanese who left his mark deeply cut in the history of his country apart from this personal connection the building is attractive by reason of its age in a city periodically burned this narrow lofty building has stood unharmed it is set in an old-fashioned garden dark with the shadow of ancient trees and crowded with conifers there is a pool in which grow goldfish of prodigious size they seem as if they had been born in hideyoshi's time and had been slowly growing ever since the place is in the custody of an old gentleman the nimblest for his years i ever looked upon he was dressed in an old brown kimono shaped after the fashion of a monk's gown he wore no hat had not shaved for many days and was in a state of spasmodic excitement at sight of three europeans who would probably tip him before they left we were in constant danger of losing him as he generally ran ahead through the winding walks returning to find us standing belated discussing by which turn he had disappeared he was into the house like a shot and before we had reached the door he had opened the side of a room and was loudly clapping his hands over the pool beneath this looked like active lunacy but he was only calling the fish who came up under the window in shoals a steep staircase with steps about twice the ordinary height led up room over room to the topmost story where was hideyoshi's bedroom it was of course bare but there were some curious and interesting panels on the walls representing the old nobles in wonderful costumes their skirts swelled out by exaggerated crinolines one with a curiously flattened look was squatted on the floor under a weight of clothes that seemed to preclude the possibility of his ever getting up again he was ito said something under hideyoshi and indeed he did look sat upon another panel held all that was left of a view of fuji faded now almost to nothing some japanese humorist has called it the fuji of good manners because in order to catch its dim outline you must bend low hideyoshi's bath is on the ground floor just as he left it when he was steamed for the last time it is a somewhat elaborate contrivance with a furnace and pipes for conveying the steam into the box in which the great man used to sit and parboil himself this humble domestic appanage seemed to bring one very near to old japan it was as if hideyoshi had but just stepped out after taking his bath as if the shogun's empire with its blindness its ignorance its feudalism and its ferocity were still a living thing and the new japan with its railways its telegraphs its post office its system of national education its liberal foreign policy and its coming house of commons a disordered dream End of chapter 5